this interview was supported by an unrestricted educational grant from Beatrice. Beatrice had no role in the selection of the topics or the selection of the speakers and has not vetted or reviewed the content of any of the interviews. The views expressed by speakers are their own and may not necessarily represent the views of the IMS. Hello, I'm Dr. Marla Shapiro. I'm a professor in the Department of Family and Community Medicine at the University of Toronto, and I also sit on the Board of Trustees of the International Menopause Society. And today we're joined by Dr. Vivian Brown. Vivian, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Dr. Vivian Brown. I'm a family doctor in Toronto and assistant professor at the University of Toronto. And I sit on the board of Immunize Canada, which is part of Public Health Canada, uh, seeking to educate and advocate for immunization for the general public. So today we're going to be talking about something that's been front of mind for many, many of our healthcare practitioners, which is the impact of COVID on women. So let's first have a general discussion about what the sociocultural impact has been on women with COVID. You know, uh, Dr. Shapiro, there has been a, a great impact. You know, women are more likely to have part-time jobs, to work in retail and in support industries, and they are more likely to have experienced job loss. In general, around the world, women have a greater household burden. So women have been um, working with their children, working from home, working with homeschooling, um, and this has been out of proportion to what the requirement has been for uh, their partners for men. Even in academics, women have been less productive in the last year and a half. So there's been less uh, publications by women. There's been less promotions for women. There's been a greater risk of domestic violence. And we've seen that around the world. Somewhere the increase is estimated to be as much as 25 to 30%. Um, with loss of support networks and issues around um, loss of uh, social connectivity, uh, women are struggling with isolation, and there's been an increase in depression greater in women than in men. Um, and and uh, particularly for women, there's been a loss of autonomous decision making. You know, women have been struggling in terms of their reproductive health. Uh, in Canada, I think we are relatively fortunate that ab abortion and reproductive health has been seen as uh, an essential service, uh, but that's not true all over the world. And so the issues around reproduction have been difficult for women as well. So, so I, I think we, we are suffering greatly. Let's think a little bit about gender disparity in terms of research. We often talk about that when we talk about cardiovascular health, that so much research has been done in men. So let's think about the medical differences in men and women and COVID. Are there some gender-based differences that we're now beginning to see? Yeah, and I think it's very interesting. You know, what we know is that women are more likely to have side effects from vaccine. Um, and that is really interesting because uh, there's a physician, uh, sorry, a PhD researcher in uh, the US that's looking at immunology, hormone, sensitivity and reactions to vaccine. And what she's seen is that in measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, hepatitis vaccine, women have an increased response. Women produce more antibodies and have increased reactions. When we look at reporting for side effects of vaccines, women have had more reporting. Women are taking more vaccines, but women actually are having more side effects as well. It doesn't necessarily translate into a better response for vaccine, 
but it's uh, it suggests that our immune system is a little bit over responsive. And one of the questions is, should women be receiving the same dose of vaccine as an average man, given the size difference? So I think that research is ongoing and I think it's really interesting. And what's also interesting, Dr. Shapiro, is that boys and girls before puberty tend to have the same immunologic response. It's after puberty that we start to see the differences. So our focus at IMS really is midlife women and postmenopausal women. So in this age group, the importance of prevention is critical. And we've seen disruption in services, for example, such as mammograms. But when it comes to mammogram and the COVID vaccine, there has been some interesting research that is now being seen. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so the risk of adenopathy or you know, uh, essentially a reactive adenopathy after the vaccine is somewhere around 11 to 12% with Moderna vaccine a little bit less with Pfizer vaccine. And so in the US, the Society of Breast Imaging and in Canada, the Canadian Cancer Society have come out with guidelines suggesting it would be prudent to avoid a mammogram for four to six weeks after vaccination so that if you do fall into the category of having adenopathy, it's not misread by the radiologist. So you can do a mammogram anytime before vaccine, but guidelines suggest waiting four to six weeks after vaccine to avoid misinterpretation. Of course, in an urgent situation, go ahead and do the mammogram if it can't wait. But if the delay is uh, not uh, harmful and if the delay is around screening uh, rather than uh, diagnosing a particular ab uh, abnormality, four to six weeks wait is what's recommended. So along the same lines here, we want our midlife women to think about immunizations that are appropriate in their age group. So we often think about shingles and different types of pneumonia vaccine. Can you just mention something about the timing of these vaccines and disruption of these vaccines, uh, primary preventions, the importance of these preventions in terms of immunization and the relationship to a COVID vaccine? Well, there's very interesting um, statistics <clears throat> that suggest routine vaccinations have been decreased during the time of COVID. People have avoided going to the doctor, avoided vaccines, <clears throat> and that is a significant issue. So vaccine is considered an essential service in Canada. And what we do feel is that women should be getting their pneumonia vaccines, their shingles vaccines, if appropriate HPV vaccines. The current standard in Canada is to wait 14 days after any vaccine before getting a COVID vaccine, and then to wait 28 days after a COVID vaccine before getting any other vaccine. This is not the standard in the US. Um, they are now starting to co-administer vaccines and no longer have a time frame that is required to wait. Uh, but in general, this was around lack of data, not data that suggested a risk. The lack of data suggested that if there was a side effect, it would be unclear which vaccine was causing side effects. So to minimize that, it was suggested that there be a, a wait. Uh, we then got the guideline in Canada that the second shingles vaccine, so if you're giving Shingrix, the usual timing for the second shingles vaccine would be two to four months, two to six months after the first. And in Canada, the guideline was extended to 12 months. Again, this was for ease of vaccination, but the bottom line is women should be getting routine vaccination, should be up to date on tetanus pertussis vaccine, Shingrix for everybody over the age of 50, both in Canada and in the US. We also know that the pneumonia vaccines are very important 
as people with underlying risk of pneumonia, asthma, COPD, diabetes, these people should be immunized uh, at a younger age, not waiting till 65. And just one final question. Um, a lot of women who are not menopausal worry about taking the vaccine and this, this worry about fertility and how the vaccine may impact fertility. And that's been a large reason for many women not taking the vaccine. Can you give us some guidance on that? Well, we have absolutely no evidence that the vaccine impacts fertility. Nonetheless, if you're having a medical procedure, an in vitro fertilization, if you're doing something where there is a febrile risk, it is suggested to avoid the vaccine for three days before and three days after so that there's no confusion if you develop a low-grade fever. That's more practical in terms of having a surgical procedure. In terms of fertility itself, there's no risk. There doesn't seem to be a significant impact on uh, menstrual cycles, although this is being looked at as anecdotally. Some women have uh, felt that they've had heavier than usual cycles. And so there is some research going on, but there does not seem to be a clear uh, correlation between vaccine and any risk of fertility or any change to uh, normal menstruation. Well, such interesting information. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for this opportunity. You know, I think the bottom line is women are at risk for COVID and need to get immunized.